Welcome, everyone, to the Enter the Vortex podcast with Carol and Erin, where we share our experiences and opinions on the metaphysical and physical aspects of life as we know it. On today's episode, we tap into eclipse energy. We talk about our tower moments and hosting a funeral for self. We explore how heavy it can be to carry the trauma of our ancestral lines and how a simple mouse has become a messenger and bringer of death for aspects of self that no longer serve. So come sit for a spell and enjoy. Hello, hello. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) How is everybody out there? How's there? I can't speak for the other ones out there, but I'm doing all right. (laughs) That's Um, good. (laughs) Yeah, as we were recording this, I was coming off of a night shift, so I'm a little like, what day is it? What's happening? Is it time for bed yet? So, (laughs) But there's the sun shining. Yeah, and I think we actually got a little bit of sun today, which is nice. Mm -hmm. We did. I spent an hour outside, um, and I got to bask in the sunshine. It was actually quite warm out. And anyone that has shoveled down to their pavement in our province of snowy Winnipeg, winter, winter pig, Manasnoba, um, it's melting because the sun is so hot. Um, but then it's going to make it an ice nightmare as soon as it gets to below minus five and it stays below minus five. So that's going to be fun on the sidewalks. Yeah. And I can tell you that the driving over the last, like, I don't know, half a week has just been perfect. Mm. Um, I drove through everything that was like, a mini blizzard to fog like that I couldn't see like more than two car lengths in front of my vehicle and it was so cool because the way that the sun was coming up because when I come home it's like I leave work at 7 a.m and so it's like just when the sun's starting to come up so it made everything so blue so it was like I was driving through a blue bubble it was so cool um but yeah with that fog came a sheet of glare ice on all of the roads and (laughs) so I drove very slowly and enjoyed the beauty of the blue around me. I echo the love for the wintry blue um it like at dawn and dusk like that twilight powdery blue color like it just it even though it's like cold it actually warms me up I just I'm in mad love with that color I I need to incorporate more of that color I think into my life because I'm a huge fan of purple I have, an, I have an equivalent of that dusty purple color in my room, which I love. I absolutely love. But um, that, that blue, that powdery blue, there's just something about it in the winter skies that it like justifies my love for staying in hibernation mode, which I suspect is going to have stay probably until the end of January, that feeling of wanting to stay hibernated. So, yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because I, I think... Um... I don't know when I when I see colors like that or when I experience things like that it makes me wonder about like you know color therapy and things like that because mm-hmm. um, it's like when we had the the wildfires happening in um in the summer and mm-hmm. the sun was red and I I think we had jokingly talked about this um in our in our chat where like you know, I wonder what the color red is supposed to be for all of us. Like, why are we getting this red light therapy type of stuff? Mm -hmm. Well, I wonder what it is with the blue, right? Like I know, I know people, some people have like seasonal depression that kind of usually starts off around here. And I wonder if that blue softens it or something. Like, I don't know. I feel like that has some significance, like it Mm -hmm. happens for a reason, but I mean, 
I don't know. I just find it pretty. So <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, there's something about the winter time that the colors are just softer. The sounds are softer because of the way the snow absorbs the sound. And even though sometimes our winter, like Winnipeg winters can be pretty nasty, um, there's just something about like the color scheme, the sound effects. It's just, it's just a whole mood mm-hmm. that I still find some sort of joy in despite the misery because I have definitely experienced like that seasonal affective disorder in the past, but thank goodness for vitamin D drops because it helps me get through. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like, there's that pastel color in the summer, but it's always still that hue of vibrancy in the sky. And in the fall, you still get the bold colors with the leaves changing. And then sometimes we get spoiled with Northern lights and they're very vibrant and neon. But when that winter hue hits, it's like even the the bright red sunrise or sunset is still a muted pastel tone to it. So mm-hmm. I find that super interesting. It's like a whole color palette that I could design my life around. <laughs> I could get behind that. That's very true. And I think like this is kind of off topic from what we're going to talk about today. But one of my favorite moments when it comes to winter and like I'm not a huge winter fan. So like having a favorite moment is very very special I think but like you know when you get a very soft snowfall and everything is quiet and it's dark out already and you get that beautiful just snow dropping down I'm just like it's perfect because usually when it's snowing it's a little bit not as cold like and I'm talking like it's not like the winds blow in and it's blizzard I'm talking like the nice gentle I think yeah, I think when I feel into that, it feels like Christmas to me, like that gentle snowfall when the snow mm-hmm. just starts dropping, you're getting ready for Christmas, the lights are on, you're like so excited. You can maybe hear like the carolers singing, not that we have carolers in Winnipeg, but <laughs> you know, you can almost hear the Christmas songs and you can, I don't know, it just, that is the time where like when it happens, I'm like, oh, yes, this is the moments I live for. And then we get like into January and it's like bitterly cold and it's minus 50 and we freeze our fingers off our noses fall off. And like, (laughs) and it's so cold. My car doesn't want to go anywhere. Uh, Yeah. 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 I don't know why caroling isn't a thing. I always thought about that when I was a kid. It's like, and the schools would pump you up for it and they would teach you all the songs and tell you that you could go to caroling. And it's like, but that never happens. Like, why is there not the same equivalent as like Halloween trick or treaters banging on my door? We need to make this a thing. <laughs> we start I'm going around Join <laughs> the chorus. Amazing. I'll throw hot chocolate at you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be entertaining. I, I wonder what the people's reactions would be if you did show up at their door and you started caroling. Because I know me, like, if you come to my door, and I'm not expecting you, like if I'm not expecting a package or if you're like a random cold caller, I will literally hide in my house, you know, like peek around the corner to see who it is. <laughs> this is like pre-COVID days, right? Oh, geez. I, I actually the same way about people like, I don't like unexpected guests. I'm not going to lie. Y'all mm-hmm. need to call me or text me before you're on your way. And if you can't be bothered to do that, I may not open the door for you. <laughs> like, just saying. But at the same time, like... I don't know if I were to get a crew of people and go caroling around I think it'd be funny but I I approach like when people call me I approach the same it the same way as you do when someone knocks at your door unexpectedly like I'm like why are you calling this probably could have been a text message yeah (laughs) or I'll let it go to voicemail and then I'll text you back (laughs) yeah 
you called you called <laughs> wonder why i wonder what that's about why are we so like i've noticed this actually i've been kind of wanting to dig into this a little bit about why we've become so unwelcoming to guests and unexpected visitors whereas like 50 years ago if your neighbor knocked on your door you were hoping or like you would have a good conversation and like i hear stories of um you know like a new neighborhood and you move in and they bring you casseroles to welcome you to the neighborhood and all that like now I would be probably sketchy about accepting food from strangers but if I started to get to know my neighbors over a couple of years like we actually do have a neighbor that will drop off delicious ethnic food and I freaking love it I'm so grateful for that um and we'll also share garden veggies and things with them in the in the summer and back when his wife worked for um, an animal processing plant we would get free bacon and rat like the most random delicious things <laughs> and I was like okay I'm here for it man I will happily exchange food but I would like to get to know my neighbor first so that you know the household that it's coming from because like obviously it could be sketch especially now with like the way the world is like I totally get that it's sketchy but you know I, I really feel like we've kind of shifted away from community and neighboring and we've this whole isolation thing has really been amplified in the last two years and and for the most part, I think I've been able to escape the drama unscathed. Um, but leading into our topic today, which is tower moments, I think I'm the one that has the biggest amount of story for this one. Um, I would say that 2021 for me has been my tower year, but it really didn't start till July. So I'm I'm excited for, um, like you were saying about, it's like eclipse season, right? Like we're, I think this is the last eclipse of the year, if I recall correctly, it's the last lunar eclipse of 2021 tomorrow. I could be wrong about that, but I do know that, I think it's tomorrow because we're yeah, recording it's, on it's Thursday. tonight into tomorrow. So the night of the 18th into the 19th, I believe, like, I think it peaks. Yeah. God, sometime at like two o'clock in the morning is oh. the peak of the moon um, tonight. I wonder if that's why I, I did not sleep well last night. I was awake at 2.45 a.m. until approximately 6.45 a.m. So I actually got out of bed and became productive for two of those hours. Nice. So I'm wondering, because I tend to get the energy sooner and I tend to filter a little bit. So that could be part of why I'm a grumpy bear today. Um, but I really think like what's been going on in my life since July has really piled up. And with this eclipse coming, it feels like it's amplifying. And I really like what you said about um the pressure cooker so I'll let you yeah so I mean I wish I knew more about the astrology I wish I could just like tell you like the way that the moon is in this sign and like how lunar eclipses do this thing and blah 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 blah, blah. I wish I could tell you all that but I'm I literally would just like be parroting someone or like I read something and I go okay I kind of understand it but when I tap into the energy of this full moon eclipse um situation here I definitely have felt an intense like pressure on like getting my stuff done, making sure that I'm really clearing out the shit that needs to get cleared mm -hmm. um, and really trying to change. And I don't, this like kind of came into my awareness maybe last week, I think it was, where I'm like this, this full moon with the eclipse feels so um, like powerful for doing like a, a, a funeral for the old self. Um, so that's actually, once we're done this, that's probably one of the things that I'm going to start doing. I've got a list of like questions that I'm going to go through and like, really what I'm doing is like, who was I? Like, who was I? What came into my life? Um, who am I now? And what do I want to bring forward? Or what do I want to create or co-create forward? Right. 
And so what I'm really going to do is like sit down and, and like tease out where it is that I want to release stuff. Is there any emotions or, you know, maybe there's people, maybe there's programs, maybe there's things that I just don't need. Like it's not in my trajectory forward. And I know we talked about trajectories last episode. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I'm having that moment where I need to pick. I'm at this like junction point, I think. And I really need to solidify what direction I'm going in. So I feel like just with this full moon eclipse type of deal, I I think, what did I say? I said something like, if if this is kind of like your pivotal moment where you choose to Mm. like really release and clear, or you can stay in the the pressure cooker and be like the frog boiling water, right? When if you put a frog Mm. in a pot of boiling or in a pot of boiling water, he'll jump out. But if you put a frog in the water and then you turn it up, and it's, it'll start slowly boiling him. And I feel like we've kind of been sitting in this pot of water and it's been getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And it's just like, hmm, things have changed. This feels weird. We should maybe get out. And so I'm kind of like bouncing out before it boils me to death. <laughs> yeah, that's valid. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm the one that's turned the pot on, not to you specifically, Um, But when I reflect back on what's been going on in my own life since July of this year, I really feel like I'm the one burning shit down in a way, Mm -hmm. in that energetic way. But it's still sitting heavy in my field. And I recognize that. And like, I'm definitely in a mood today. Um, So I think it's like good timing for me to probably do something similar myself. Although I'm not as prepared as you because I know you mentioned that you were going to do this funeral thing for yourself like a week ago. So you've probably been like putting more intention into it. Whereas I'm like, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll try that. And maybe I'll do something this evening if I get some sleep. But if I'm awake at two o'clock in the morning, I might go out and howl at the moon if the clouds will show it. It was, it was, it was actually really bright last night when I woke up uh, in the middle of the night and I was like, for three o'clock in the morning, I could go outside and read a book because the sky was clear enough. The sun was bright enough and reflecting off of the, the snow. You got that blue, that blue color again, but not the light powdery one, the more dark twilight one, which is kind of cool. But um, just to give everyone a context, um, let's talk about, I want to flash back a little bit to um, mice coming into my awareness as I'm thinking now they might be like um, a way shower to me or some kind of an omen or something to that, some kind of message bringer. Um, they never really used to bother me. Like they're actually kind of cute little creatures. Rats freak me out a little more because of their size, but not necessarily their face. Like I used to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, man. Like Splinter made me love rats. Like obviously, um, you know, my dorky little <laughs> uh, kiddo uh, cartoons. That was one of my favorite cartoons. So like I have respect for the rats, you guys. <laughs> Even if they've been exposed to radiation and they're now adult size. <laughs> but um, my very first job that I was in, the one that I had the most longstanding, I was working at a hotel um, and banquets. And that one was probably my biggest growth into adulthood in my early 20s, obviously. I'm, I'm really grateful that I had a really great manager that was able to see past my immature ways and guide me. Um, and I think one of the moments for me realizing that this job was no longer serving me, um, that manager in particular was no longer a manager. He moved on to a different uh, department in the hotel and eventually left the hotel, but we had a mice problem in this hotel. 
because I think every freaking hotel has a nice problem. Like you just can't help it. There's food available. Like in no matter, that's the reason why you have the food in plastic containers lifted off of the floor and they're not just laying around in boxes and bags. But even then the cooks, the way that they are, like you can't help being messy. Like I'm a mess when I cook in my own kitchen. So to expect that from chefs to be like spot spotless and stick and stand, like it's just not realistic in a, in a busy hotel. And like this hotel had a large capacity for banquets. Like we would host over a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars, a thousand people dinners, which in my time there, they, they were really only able to host up to about 650, but then they did an expansion. So of course, like the construction and all of that, like, and the constant in and out in the back area where we would receive deliveries and the in and outs of the banquet staff at all hours of all exits that we, some of them we probably weren't even supposed to be using. And then if they didn't get shut properly and there's a little bit of flour on the floor and there's heat and we're obviously near a field where this particular hotel was, there's like a train tracks and some open fields. So the fact that there was mice in this hotel, like I'm not saying it just to like gross anybody out that knows that we work there. Cause it, I can't say that there was any contamination with the food but just the droppings on the ground would have been what would attract them. And in the back area where they did some of the renovation became our larger storage place for like the banquet stuff. So that was where we kept all of our decorations and our linens and our chairs and tables and all of the tools that we would need to actually serve our customers. And we, so because of this mouse problem, we, we had some ladies bless their hearts that were really trying hard to be recycle friendly and they would collect the cans because this is before we had a recycle program and they would collect the cans and keep these cans in bags at the back of the hotel and then they would take them home to do the recycling on their own which is fine like they were allowed to do this at the time no one really said anything about it but in this back area there was already like a few bags piled up and they were not in to work these couple of days so we a couple of us decided that let's go clean this area well, it was mice infested. There was mice all over these bags and there was droppings everywhere. And so we took it upon ourselves to clean this back area. It was a slow day and we were doing what we should be doing. And I was just left to stand there. My colleague that I was working with at the time, she was getting frustrated with the ladies that were hoarding the, the cans is how she approached it. And I was, I think maybe filtering a little bit for that anger. And I also kind of felt bad because like the two that were wanting to do the recycling they came at it honestly they were just sweet genuine old like little old ladies like bless their hearts like I said and uh I was left to kind of stand there and look around me and I could see these mouse droppings everywhere and I know that mice can be a bringer of disease so that struck a chord with me and that we should be using gloves and masks to clean this stuff up because if you breathe it in, it could cause health problems. And we didn't have any of these tools. We were literally given a broom and a garbage can and a dustpan and left to deal with it. And my colleague left, I don't know if she went to go attend to a client or whatever. And she's like, I'll be back in a couple of minutes. I'm gonna go do this and I'll come back and I'll help you. And I was standing there, I was upset. I'm like, they are literally not paying me enough to deal with this literal shit on the ground to put my health at risk for a minimum wage job that I don't even love anymore because I used to, but I, I stopped loving it for a while. And to stand there and have to deal with that mess that was not a mess that I created. And then I had the realization that man, with all of the other staff that we have, I was one of the full-time staff. And there, it really felt like there was only three or four of us that cared about keeping everything organized. And then when the big crews of staff would come in in the evenings for the dinners, they would leave behind a mess and it would not be organized. And I feel like I'm on 
uh, Groundhog Day repeat, always reorganizing the, the coffee carafes and all the different coffee service baskets and reorganizing the linens and gathering the dirty linens off the floor that were literally piled up right next to the laundry bins, but the laundry bins were overflowed. So they didn't take the laundry down. And I was just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And I, I didn't think about it at the time. But now that I think back on that, I'm like, I feel like my Sarah messenger for me. Fast forward to when I was living in my apartment and <laughs> oh man, this just came up on my Facebook memories a couple of days ago. That's why I'm laughing about it. Um, I knew that there was a mice issue in the area. We were in the new construction area. Again, we were building, like the building that I was in was relatively new. I think it was only about a year old when I moved in and they were building the sister apartment block right across the street from us. So they, again, digging up the field and obviously disturbing where the mice were living because it's near farmer's fields. I totally get it. We got to have respect for these little animals, right? And if we uproot them, they're going to try and look for warmer places indoors. And I knew there was mice hanging around my, my balcony and I was a main floor apartment and I had a garbage bag sitting out of that balcony and I left it out there like an idiot. And I had cleaned up all of my uh, Halloween decorations, which included a lot of um, dried um, colorful corn as part of my uh, decorations. So I think that they were going after the corn greens inside the bag. And I was with my mom, we had dropped off some groceries at my apartment and I was taking her home with her groceries and she... I was like, you know what, I'm going to grab that garbage bag and I'll haul it up to the bin on my way. Well, I didn't look at the bag before I pulled it into my apartment. So I got halfway across my living room and right by my bathroom at the front entrance of the apartment. And I felt this movement and I freaked out, dropped the garbage bag and out dropped the mouse. It ran underneath something in my bathroom. And I, you guys, I lost my shit. I freaked out over this tiny little cute, poor, scared mouse. I was like, I went into full stress response. And I didn't know how to deal with it. And I was like, why is this like now in hindsight, I don't really know why that was such a trigger because it really shouldn't have been because it was actually kind of comical if you think about it, this poor little mouse, <laughs> but I couldn't find it in my apartment. And then you start to question your sanity. And I was like, did you actually see this mouse mom? Like, she's like, I think I saw something, but I don't know. But there was no way, like there was no indication of it being in my bathroom at all. But when you look in behind the toilet, this is a new construction building. Like I said, there was about an inch gap, not even about half of an inch of a gap between the baseboard and the drywall. So, and as I'm processing where this mouse could have gone, I heard a kerfuffle in the apartment next door and like a banging sound. So I'm wondering if that mouse didn't go underneath the wall and end up in their apartment and then they would have spotted it and maybe somebody killed it. Because again, we both lived on the main floor. We knew there was a mice problem. The landlord knew there was a mice problem. He came over to my apartment and laid traps everywhere for us. And with the new construction of the building across the street, they were starting to move people in, but they had a mouse problem there because of the constant open doors. Same with the, the hotel, right? You leave your door open and it's hot out and these mice are looking for a place to rescue themselves. They're going to do that. They're going to find somewhere warm to live. And I get it. If I was a mouse, I would totally be doing the same thing. And we're harmless. But I think my fear behind it was the disease aspect of it, that disease bringers thing. And me, again, having that flash of like, I don't want to deal with this. This is not my problem. But it kind of is. If I was the one that brought it in with this stupid garbage bag. <laughs> so that's fine. That would have happened. Yeah, that would have happened early November. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm home from work one night or maybe some afternoon. I was also working three jobs at this time. I was working between two different schools and I was also working as a server in the evening. So I had very little quality time to myself. Mm -hmm. So I was like chilling on my hour or two between jobs on my 
um, on my like couch futon in my apartment and I see this thing moving like out of the corner of my eye across the baseboards. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding because my apartment door had about an inch and a half gap at one point. And again, main floor, not thinking I should have had like a draft dodger there. So then I finally installed one, but sure enough, I spotted a mouse and it had gotten into my little closet area. So again, the landlord came back. He's like, well, lucky for you, there's pool-ins hanging out at the other apartment. So I'll send the guy your way. He'll help you deal with it. And because it, it was trapped in my little uh, closet. But by the time the pool-ins guy got there, it had run out from underneath my door because I had barricaded it enough that it had nowhere else to go, but back out the front door. So I didn't have to deal with any mouse droppings, thankfully, in my apartment. The mouse issue in my apartment kind of took care of itself without any cost to me or any major stress other than like I obviously went in and made sure that everything was clean and I lifted things up off the ground and I didn't store food in that closet anyway it was like my clothing and shoes and all of that so and then that following year that was around the same year now was that before or after my dad passed away I think that was before my dad passed away because that would have been in the fall and then he passed away in January and then by April, I knew that I wouldn't have a job as a teacher full time anymore. And I couldn't guarantee that I would have enough hours or money as an income as a substitute uh, to cover rent. So I made the decision to move back home to also help support my mom with her just losing her husband. And it's a pretty big house to take care of. And so I was like, that's an interesting awareness to have. Um, and then some of the other stuff that's been going on. So fast forward to this July, I've noticed mice in and around the neighborhood of my home. We also have a lot of bunnies and we've got some uh, random wild cats, which I was actually kind of grateful for to see. <laughs> Although there was a couple of times where I was freaked out by their caterwauling sounds. And I think I had messaged you about that, Erin, because I was like, what is this sound? I'm kind of freaking out here. But then I discovered yeah. that it was, yeah, I, I was like, it was actually a really cute cat. But then, oh my gosh, these cats, this is funny. I have to lighten it for a few minutes. Um, about a month after that with you, the same cats, I'm sleeping with my window open. And I love sleeping with my window open in the winter in the summer. I will even do it in the winter if it wouldn't freeze open. Um, and I hear this freaking deep guttural cat cry. And I'm like, are you serious? What is this cat doing? Like, why? Then I get up to investigate because it will not stop. And I'm grateful for the cats being around the neighborhood because they are good mousers. Like, no problem. Take care of it. <laughs> there was three of them hanging out on our front step just having a little party but you could tell that there was one cat that had a back leg injury because when it got up to walk away finally um it was limping and I was like oh I wish I knew where the owners were because I would go let them know that this cat was hanging out on our front lawn like I could care less about that I told them to shut up basically as, as best that I could energetically because I'm like dudes it's three o'clock in the morning I need to sleep um but yeah um cats are welcome except my mother's afraid of cats. So she wouldn't let me have a cat as a, as a mouser. But maybe I'll get a cat for my car because last winter there was mice in my car. And I don't know where or how it got in. There does not appear to be any damage. This one was specifically, I, I found droppings in my glove box. So if it was in my glove box, it wasn't actually in the interior of my car. And I don't have any indication of this thing staying in my car. Um, but I can't remember what was going on in my life at that point, but I definitely had that re-triggering of that fear of having to deal with the mice and not being, not, I wasn't really looking at it under the lensing of there's a message here. Um, 
because that was about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then, so we had the cat thing happen this summer. That would have been early July. Late July, there was some uh, family disagreements that had started happening um, where I came into the awareness that uh, the, the quote unquote true opinion of my family upon me, I won't name names, but um, it really actually just confirmed what I already knew because when I'm around certain members of my family, just the energy of it, I'm just like, there's something here. It's hitting my resonance field. It's bumping me. I don't like it. I don't know what this is all about. And then I came into awareness of some information about what someone had said about me. And I kind of thought, you know, my family likes to ostracize me a lot for my opinions because they're loud and they're obnoxious and occasionally I'll swear, but at least I have the fucking balls to say it to their face rather than hide behind it or say it to one of my other, uh, other younger family members, like underhandedly and put them in a position where they have to deal with filtering that as well, which is kind of how family lines work. The youngest mm-hmm. tends to filter and I am the youngest of my siblings. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so, so, so wild when that happened. And then about two weeks later, after me getting really upset about this and not really knowing how to process that anger, I kind of held on to it for a while. And I think I'm still hanging on to aspects of it. So that would have been end of July. And then many of you may know that my uncle passed away. I've talked about him a lot. Um, so he passed away in the beginning of August, but even before then, um, him and I hung out on the 9th of August. So I would have been the last person that actually had physical contact with him in, in my family. We had gone shopping. It was a great time. Um, and then later on that afternoon, when I had returned home from dropping him off from his grocery trip, uh, I found out that my all-time favorite job was not going to be an option for me in the fall, that I would not be returning to that job. Um, and that also was a bit of a internalized heartbreak that I still don't think I've fully processed. Then by the 15th, we found my uncle who had passed. And then taking a look around his home and the state in which he was living in, it really was a huge indication that he had checked out probably about two years prior and which would explain why he really didn't want people coming over for cards nights. And, you know, he would always want to come out of the house. And um, when we looked around his kitchen, uh, the day that we found him, he, you could really see a lot of mice infestation had gotten in and the way that his house is laid out, there is an old back porch landing off the back door. And this is an old home. This home has got to be a hundred years old based on the community that it was built in. And it's been in my family since, oh geez, I think my dad was still a kid when they bought the home. So, and like my dad was born in the forties, so they would have bought the home in the fifties. So like, and I'm sure the home already existed prior mm-hmm. to their purchasing of it. So this back porch area, probably not to code, probably never had a permit taken out on it either, but that's not my problem. But in that back porch area, you, you would actually have to, if you enter the home to the front door, you walk in, there's a staircase to go up the stairs, there's the middle hallway, there's the living room, dining room area, and then you go to the back section where there's a kitchen. And through the kitchen was this back porch area. So there was multiple doors to get through and they have those beautiful old fashioned keys and the glass crystal looking doorknobs, I freaking love that, but they are shitty for drafts and they're shitty for staying shut because there were so many extra hooks and, and locks on these doors to keep them shut from the drafts from this porch. Yeah. But again, older neighborhood, not exactly the cleanliest area being in the area that it is. And my uncle had a mice problem. And when we opened that door to get through the porch area to get to the back, to start taking things out of the house, um it was just piles of garbage piled up and you could see mouse droppings all over the kitchen table all over the floor 
one of the bags of flour that he just recently bought within the last month with me on one of his shopping trips had been had a hole chewed out of it and there was flour all over the floor because these mice were in the home wow. and so yeah so my brother-in-law actually was able to put mice traps everywhere and when it was all said and done I think we found about seven mice including the one that was up in his bedroom squished between his mattresses that had probably been there for a while and also one underneath the couch cushion that my poor darling uh elder uh nephew had the gracious opportunity <laughs> of finding and then freaking out about don't blame the kid this poor kid they are like you know we we figured we would be getting rid of all of the fabric furniture anyway like it's all been taken care of health for health reasons we're obviously yeah. not gonna try and sell that to somebody else um but he was the poor sap that lifted the first couch cushion and discovered this mouse, his mouse's final resting place between these couch cushions. And I, I just, it's just interesting to me how it, I wonder if that, like, I'm thinking of like of Mice and Men in a way, because that was one of the favorite uh, books that we had to, was it a book? Was it a play? I don't know. Sorry, English teacher, Both if you're listening, think. possibly. Anyway, like that, I'm kind of being flashed at a little bit. But at the same time, the more that I take a look at when mice have appeared in my life in any way, shape, or form, there's always been a death of something happening, whether that's the death of the person that I am as I know it, the job that doesn't serve me anymore, an aspect of self that doesn't serve me anymore, or an actual physical death of the family. Um, so it's been curious how it's played out. Um, yeah, and then... So to see all of this with, within his home and then cleaning that up and then going through the heartbreak of, you know, having to interpret the will and realizing that there were some legal things in that will that were left out, which changed the trajectory of the inheritance, which is like, I, I honestly think people fighting over inheritance is absolutely fucking childish. That's not the point of it. But the laws in Manitoba are very specific for a very specific reason. And so what should have gone to a certain group of people in our family we've actually been left out of and it's now going on a different trajectory and that was a a pretty low blow for for a lot of us I think um but everyone in our family deals with it differently and at this point I am just would be will be happy with it once it's settled which it looks like we'll be wrapping up soon um but the mice for sure yeah it took us about three weeks to collect and clean them out and I don't know how they were getting in because we've actually uncovered all of the access points and yet we didn't have more coming in despite us opening up and making it more accessible. So that's kind of interesting. So I almost wonder, like I kind of envision like Cinderella in a little way, like my uncle, knowing my uncle, if he was aware of the mice and he was not physically or energetically because of his age and his wealth or his health able to take care of the problem himself, he wouldn't ask for help. That's classic of our family line because that's how I am. <laughs> Well, but that's actually not true. Not true anymore, but two years ago, yes. Um, and he probably would have befriended them and chatted with them and like, you know, joked around with them and, yeah. and that kind of stuff and not necessarily fed them. But I, I can just kind of hear him like in my head making cracks about like, you know, the hungry mice and, and like just like Cinderella style. Because that's just kind of like his goofy sense of humor. And I, I mean, I might be the same way, but I, I'd like to think that if I got to the point where I had a mouse issue in my home and I couldn't do it myself, that I would ask a family member or a friend 
Um, and just the realization that I would never want that to fall uh, the burden on someone else. Not that it felt like a burden to me, but it was really just, it kind of was like gut wrenching to have to deal with mm -hmm. that and the amount of dust in the home and the heavy smoking layers from like a hundred years of people smoking in that house. And it was just not a fun time. August was not a fun time, which is interesting that it all happened in August because August numerologically is the number nine, which is the end of cycles. Well, and I was going to say, isn't August usually like a, almost like a death month for you in terms of like things shift and change and like, I can't remember what it was that you said, but you had, when we talked about this back in probably August, you kept saying that like, August is usually when things come to a close for you, which is really, really kind of entertaining. Yeah. Um, I, th I think some of that might be like an implanted um, I don't want to say an implant record, but like implanted from conditioning because of the school cycle and how like July would be always the fun time and yeah, it's, it's summer break and all that. But then August it hits that it's like, should I got a month left and how to go back to school, mm -hmm. you know, and then fast forward to being a teacher and it's like, okay, well, August is prep month time. It's not really, it's not really chill time. Like once August hits, your summer holidays are over and you're prepping for your next year for your students and you're getting into your classroom and you're organizing and you're doing whatever it is that you can to make sure that they have a great start for September. And even the way like television, like all my favorite shows, there's always a hiatus in summertime and they would all start back up again in, in September. Like, hello, my so-called life. That was another one of my teenage year, like favorite shows. <laughs> That's where I first uh, was introduced to the handsome Jared Leto, who's now one of my favorite musicians, which I didn't even know back then that he was in a band, but apparently he's a really great singer. Well, he is a great singer, actually. I've seen them live there. Uh, so it's a great time, 30 seconds to Mars. Um, anyway, that's a tangent. <laughs> um, and then after dealing with all of the family stuff with my uncle and it's starting to wind down and like going into the home and helping clean it up, like we put in a lot of physical hours cleaning out that home and going through the family heirlooms and organizing it and getting that stuff split up amongst the family members that they were meant for. And again, cleaning as you go and realizing that my family definitely has a hoarding problem <laughs> and or maybe more so that they have a hard time letting things go because I had a great aunt and uncle who had passed away when I was, I don't know, 10 or 11 years old and we inherited their pet bird. Okay. And um, that, that pet bird was actually my first experience with death because we had the bird for about a year and the bird was not feeling well and I could tell and I had taken the bird out of my, out of the cage and it was in my hands when it took its last breath which was super interesting and then a couple of years later it was then I went through death again when my grandmother passed away so I was about 13 when that, 13 or 14 when that happened so um it was definitely an interesting experience but then so keep in mind I'm now 40 and this aunt and uncle passed away when I was around 10 or 11 years old and now going through my uncle's home and he had a lot of their stuff he still had their like their death records and all of their legal documents and all of the things because they were they were the ones that were the executors of the state of my, my great aunt and uncle. So going through that all over again, not that I don't actually don't even know if I ever met this aunt and uncle, but um, anyway, just the experience of death in itself was kind of like my first walkthrough with, and I almost feel like maybe I'm being initiated into that kind of thing, that death thing, because it seems to be a, a long-standing theme in my life. Are you becoming a death doula? I don't want to be. <laughs> Sometimes, 
sometimes we don't get a choice for these things. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I could see it. I definitely have alternate perspectives on death, which I've talked about in previous podcasts about how I really wish people would have the knowing that you can still communicate after they've passed on, because I feel like that would lift a lot of the heartbreak that we put ourselves through mm-hmm. when you lose a person, right? Um, but anyway, back to the August, September, October, oh my. <laughs> Your tower moments of the year. Yep. A month after my uncle's passing, one of my great aunts passed away as well. And that's when I really became highly aware of how both my mother line and my father line have a lot of expectations placed upon what family should do in times like this and I really felt like I was filtering a lot because the the stuff with my uncle was really hard on myself and my mom but I internalized it and she didn't then when it was her auntie that passed away, this was an aunt that we were closer to and we had been spending more time with in the last couple of years. And for her to pass, like we knew it was coming. She's not been well. She had home care, like all these things, obviously, were an indicator that her time was limited. But I also realized that they grew up on my mother line, kind of being afraid of death. I think my grandmother actually was the only one out of her siblings that wasn't afraid of death. And she made it very clear that she was done with life and she was ready to go whenever and could care less. She was just a hard ass. And like, you got to love her for it. Um, But she also came from a life of trauma of her own. So like, I can understand why my grandmother was the way that she was, but for her human life, she chose to be mean spirited right from day one. So I can kind of understand why she was like, don't care. I'm done with life. It's, it's good. I'm good with it. Like whatever, who cares kind of thing was her, was her attitude. And uh, my mom's aunt was scared of dying and her other siblings that are still alive or also have expressed that they're scared of dying, but they know their time is limited because my mom's side of the family lives well into their nineties. A couple of them have reached their hundredth birthday. And even on my dad's side, the majority of the men, only two of them were taken young and my dad was one of them. Um, But the majority of them were in their eighties or nineties already. Like my uncle was in his late seventies. He might've been 80. I don't actually know. He might have been 80 already so like to me that's a long time that's like i'm 40 living to 80 that's a long time i do believe scientifically speaking the human body is capable of living to 120 years if it's healthy but that's like we have to really like value our health for that to be achievable mm-hmm. quality of life would factor into that as well and not being in that poverty loop and all of like a lot of factors go into it like your money your health all of that goes into your longevity your happiness that kind of stuff Um, and then when my aunt passed away, um, it was kind of like, it was expected that just because my mom and I were home, that we were available, you know, not taking into a fact that I have a business that I'm trying to launch at the time. I have my nephews that I'm, you know, mitigating relationships with and helping drive things, drive them around when I can and that kind of stuff. And also taking care of the home front with my mom to help support her and it just it's an interesting expectation that my family on both sides has that just because I'm home I'm available and there's not a lot of boundaries respected there and I really 
have really been how that awareness of it, that's not a thing in this family because no one's ever been taught how to respect boundaries because it, that's just like an ancestral thing like their parents weren't like that their parents parents weren't like that and so I'm really since August I've really been getting flashed all of my family's Akashics on both sides and there is a lot it's super heavy and super interesting at the same time but me being one of the youngest ones I'm choosing, or I have been for a long time choosing to filter, but I'm also taking it upon myself and I shouldn't be. So I have to check my own energy around that. Absolutely. And I'm trying not to project that onto others, but man, it would be really lovely if, uh, if my family could actually make each other feel seen and heard and loved and supported instead of the uh, always being on the defense and always on the attack. So it's gonna be interesting to see how things shift once everything settles. Um, and then after my, my family, all the deaths of that had happened about a month later, I realized that I had to start cleaning out or calling in my savings just to kind of keep myself afloat until I figured out what my next steps were going to be. And then one of my colleagues passed away and I was like, okay, this is death number three. Are we done yet? <laughs> like, can we be done? I would like to be done with this because 2021 has been a death of a lot of things, physical and, and energetic and humans and like even friends with pets that they've had to put down this year and like pets that are younger than and not at their prime of life, like not at that age of life where like you would think, okay, I get it. My cat's like, you know, 17 years old. No, mm-hmm. much younger than that. Those kinds of like kind of shocking almost for some of that so like a lot of exit strategies happening and I can see I can see it playing out it's it's been a wild ride that's for sure um uh and then (laughs) a couple weeks ago when we had our first wet snowfall I'm doing my thing hanging out with some beautiful kids in my nanny job and I get this phone call and the person on the other end is upset can't really convey to me what's going on but all I heard was mom's been taken into the hospital so she's not going to be home when you get there then my phone cuts out and I didn't get the the rest of the phone call go home to get the details and my mom had slipped and fallen while I was away didn't think to call me though because I could have probably come to help her but she had just reacted in her like stress and like um what's the word shock state I guess and she fallen and banged her elbow and it actually dislocated and shipped the bone in two places Ouch. and then two days later or oh I would say that weekend I uh, discovered another mouse another indication of mice in my car so same time of year about a year later yeah and it's it's interesting because as you're talking about the mice being a theme in your you know life I guess mm-hmm. like yeah I definitely feel like they are almost well yeah a messenger of some sort and it almost does feel like they are coming in when there's like an ending or a death of some sort right like you said and it's interesting because I'm like huh what's the next thing that's gonna happen for you now (laughs) are we expecting another death or are we like is this kind of like we're done and this is like a sign of like hey we're done now you're good you can chill Mm -hmm. or is it also like take a look at your shit who knows right right because like I've been on autopilot since July and I can put on a brave face and I can hold space for others because that's just how we've been raised to be and even in my job like 
we're always in like, oh man, I've always picked public jobs, like legit big bank was hotel with like thousand people coming to dinner and I'm the main bartender, you know, right in the middle of the party. Um, even when I worked for a gym, I was the front desk girl and everyone knew who I was. Uh, and then teaching, like you get to know the families and you get to know your colleagues' families and you get to know other classrooms' families. And especially when you're working in the same schools over a few years, like you do become part of the community and add, add that on to the fact that I also live in the community where I worked. So yeah, like it's a very public experience. And then my uh, other serving job, which I absolutely love, again, big ticket events, high energy, lots of customers all the time. And you weren't allowed to crumble because you were expected to put on a brave face. Mm -hmm. You were not expected to have a breakdown in front of your students. You weren't expected to let your clients know that you have had a shitty day. You have to put on your makeup. You have to put on your game face, literally, figuratively, energetically, and you have to go on with your day. But then I also feel like I have to do that around my family as well, mostly because they don't handle it well when they're confronted with their side of the story being faced like that mirror aspect like the family has mirrored for me a lot but I also mirror for them and I have often always said this actually even since childhood I've had this awareness that I am a mirror for them as well and all of those things and all of those beliefs and expectations and and what's the word projections well yes but something more than projections that gets projected upon me about who they think I am if that I, I have always taken on that idea of like if that's what you think I am that's what I'm going to show you because why should I give you the opposite if you're not even giving me the grace or the space for that yeah you know and I've really come to realize like I'm not willing to filter from my family anymore or anybody really like that's not on me it shouldn't be on me and that's kind of where that ancestral healing comes into play as well because I don't think that it's any human's inherent responsibility to filter but it is our responsibility to heal but you don't have to carry it to heal it mm -hmm. you don't have to wear it as a badge of honor that this is the family line and this is the family traits and it is just what it is like you don't have to continue to traumatize yourself and drain yourself energetically just because the expectation is there for you to play in that you can put up a boundary but the more you put up a boundary the less people tend to be receptive of that because they're, it's not what they're necessarily used to so it's been an interesting dance um, in saying no and saying no is an art because it doesn't always have to be what's the word in your face but I've spent probably 35 of my 40 years always on the defense and that's not actually who I inherently am um, and I can feel it in my voice that I'm carrying it in my voice even like my voice is a little lower right now than it usually is and I just energetically feel like sludgy in a way but yet a lot of that isn't even mine and I like I'm doing a lot of things in my life that are positive and things that I should be really excited for that I haven't even given myself the chance to celebrate fully the way that I would inherently and in, at a soul level want to but I still am doing many celebrations it's just not I, I know that something's got to give and it's interesting if this eclipse is going to play into it um a bit because when you said pressure cooker that really pinged me that that's exactly what I've been under since July and I'm tired of blowing my top I just want it to dissipate <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's interesting because 
like, I definitely think that, yeah, doing that funeral for your old self and like really mm-hmm. closing out the way that you've been and wanting to change who mm-hmm. you're stepping into or what direction you're going in can be quite beneficial. But then I also wonder too, like, what is it, like, what will it take for you to be able to release these these emotions and, and basically the way I see the mice is clear up your shit or clean up your shit, right? So how, how can you do that in a way that is both safe for you and beneficial to the family line, right? Is that something that you can, I mean, obviously, well, I mean, you could just return to sender and send all that back, but would that create more for the family? No, um, I think they've been taking on so much shit for so many years already mm-hmm. that this pressure cooker is not just me and I don't like the idea of returning to sender with that because when you have awareness of the trauma in your family line it it almost feels kind of like you're playing dirty to send it back to them yeah you know, like being spiteful <laughs> a little bit and I feel like if I'm already being blamed for being spiteful maybe this is the chance for me to not actually behave that way and and use the than tools that we have to be able to transmute it. So I really don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'll maybe have some more awareness. Yeah, that's a possibility. Put on some like, I don't know. I feel like I need some marimba or like, I don't know, <laughs> some like Maraca music or something. <laughs> it's very, It's very like bouncy and Caribbean. Um, oh, I could dig that. <laughs> I could dig that. Yeah, like, I I feel almost like movement needs to come into play Mm -hmm. with it. Like, I can't, like, I know my go-to is, like, putting on, I mean, for me, the movie Frozen 2 is, like, my key that, like, just opens and unlocks everything that needs to cry, like, that helps me need to cry. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's one song in there, and it's Show Yourself, and, like, whenever that song starts playing, I'm just like, meh! I just start sobbing um there's something about the tones in that film that the tones just get me in the gut there's so much magic in that movie and I don't know yeah I don't know what resonance frequencies it's hitting or whatever but it just like Mm. it's got a straight line to my heart um but I feel like you kind of need to like move it out with something like I'm getting Mm. like the sense of like I don't know tropical Caribbean music and then like needing to like dance to it to like help bounce it out mm-hmm. instead of just like the waterworks you know what I mean um and it's interesting because it's like it's it's almost like you need to send back like send to your family like thank you for this awareness I do not want to do this anymore you need to worry about your own shit but in like the most loving and gentle way Mm -hmm. you know like you're going through a whole process of like really trying to clean up your life in in more ways Mm -hmm. than just like energetic right Mm -hmm. and I think I think that might hold a piece to it and it's kind of funny because there was some drama that happened around the time that your your mom had fallen and hurt her elbow right and it's it's funny that like well I can't remember exactly what I had said but I'm like isn't it funny that like you're taking control of your life you're taking control of your health and like where you're going and things like that and now you've kind of set up this boundary and now things are like falling out of your life or people are showing their true colors or their their hands and whatever and you're just like oh cool thanks for the awareness peace out guys 
Yeah, I think you just nailed it there because if I also look back on my personal journey, anytime I have taken a step forward to better myself as a human being at a soul level, as, as with my education, like when I took on my first job and I started making that a priority, when I started to go back to university for the second time, um, when I started up with our healing modality, like almost at that same time that I took that step or that I made that decision, I'm going to do this to better my life, a family war started somehow. And there's a lot of reasons why that happened, especially having my disincarnate grandmother meddling energetically with the family because she fed off of the drama and she loved having everyone pit against each other. And that is 100% what does happen in our family is we pitted it against each other and nobody has an adult conversation about it. And then when I bring it up, I'm I'm false targeted, I'm gaslit. And it's it's so wild to me that everyone calls me childish, but yet I'm actually the one that's making the changes. And everyone else in the family is still staying in their in their self. And if that's who they want to be, that's fine. But I have no place in my life for verbal or physical or energetic abuse. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that that happens regularly, but it used to be a huge issue. And it does often flare up when I take a step forward and I make a change. Yeah. And I wonder if that's because you're stepping away from the family line, right? Like you're stepping up to do the work that you came here to do, that you were contracted Mm -hmm. into doing, Mm -hmm. right? And that's going to be uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you are here to help clean up that family line and that's going to obviously ruffle some people's feathers, especially when they've been living in it the same way for how many generations. Yep. Right. They don't know that it's toxic because they think it's normal. Which is like the saddest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't be their savior anymore. No, it's, I look at it as, I look at it as if we're planted into this family line as a star seed or whether we're, contracted because of Akashics to come back and clean stuff up in your family line, it doesn't have to mean that you experience the suffering along with it. Mm -hmm. And I've chosen the suffering for the last 25-ish years because I didn't know there was a way out until the last couple of years. And especially now that I deepen my dive with my own spiritual connections and my psychic abilities and my awareness and my ability to access my family ancestral Akashic records and whatever else is going on with the family itself and seeing the the trauma patterns and how they loop, the more that I know that it is me 100% that is going to be the, the, the ruffle, the ruffle maker in the family, but because I, I always have been the shit disturber, but it's become that toxic version and I really feel like a lot of people just automatically assume that that's who I am as a person. And so when they have that projected belief of me, it's really not going to matter how I approach them. They're just only going to see what they want to see. And I can't, I mean, I might have a teaching degree, but you can't teach somebody who doesn't want to fucking learn. 100%. So, so yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think, um, I think you might want to do some stuff with this new, uh, this new moon, this full moon and this eclipse happening, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I know you're a fan of the candle magic and stuff like that. And I really love fire I, too. So uh, I know burning something is going to be a process that I will be employing this evening. Um, yeah. 
but I'm wondering too, like, what are the steps that you feel like you need to accomplish to get maybe things shaken up or moved? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, I really feel like I've had a few moments since July where I've taken myself out into the park and I've been in the forest and I've just kind of sat with the energy. Um, I can't say that I've been able to really pull out the emotion that well, but I've been sitting in it and I've been playing with it and trying to see how I can shift things. But I almost get this like vision of a separation, like an energetic separation of all of me that's not me, that I'm hanging on to that is the ties to the family line. And that separation needs to happen, which would be a death of an aspect of self. Mm-hmm. And once that is given its proper goodbye, I wouldn't be surprised if my voice changes. I wouldn't be surprised if my physical appearance changes. And I wouldn't be surprised if my, what's the word? Ridiculously goofy and laid back and really silly sense of humor steps forward again because that's the biggest part of me that I miss because <laughs> she's there but I haven't been able to use that for a while mm-hmm. a long time yeah yeah well and who knows maybe tonight's the night to start that process or mm-hmm. maybe it's something that requires a little bit more of a physical separation for a period of time yeah but I think either way like I mean, obviously each time we've discussed something like this, it's, it's deepening the awareness of it so that you can Mm -hmm. kind of pull it out at the root, right. As opposed to just picking away at it little by little. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It'll be, it'll be an interesting thing to, um, I'm really feeling called to start journaling again, Mm -hmm. because I find that in the past, like that's one, I mean, there's other ways to have emotional release too, but for me, journaling is, is one of the biggest ones and watching cheesy, silly, sad movies. Like y'all going to judge me, but I don't care. The Twilight series, as ridiculous as they are, that one gets me every freaking time and I can feel the judgments and it's okay, you guys, I still love you <laughs> because you're still going to love me even though I'm cheesy romantic in that way. Um, but the, I don't know what it is about that film. Also, the, that, the whole series, I know it's ridiculous. They're so, like, the acting is so entertaining. The bad hair colors, like, the, the bad makeup. vampires. Oh, my God. I love it so much. It's so awful, and it's so good, and it's so <laughs> funny. Oh, I just love it. I just love it. Um, but watching a movie like that, um, the sad Hallmark movies, the Christmas time stuff, like, and I haven't, since, I, since I've lived in my apartment, that was 18 months of pure peace, or so I thought, amongst the chaos. Mm-hmm. But it allowed me to process my dad's passing. It allowed me to process the, the shock of the, the mice issue mm-hmm. and the heartbreak of realizing that I would have to move back home for a little while until I got back on my feet. But I also realized there's another reason why I had to come back home because I don't know that I would have been able to do the ancestral clearing that I have done if I wasn't living in this home to see what goes on in the daily and what's also put on my mom that people aren't acknowledging. Mm -hmm. And I almost wonder if she's filtering for me and I'm filtering for her as an agreement. And like, I don't wanna look at her as a frail little old lady, but essentially like she is of the age that she she falls, she's gonna break something because the bone degeneration is there. That's just realistic, you know? And I don't mind being the caregiver at all. That's not what I'm saying. But I haven't been able to process my own shit 
while living here. Mm-hmm. And I also haven't had the chance to take off for a few days to just be in silence. I haven't traveled since I think August of last year, August 2020. And that trip wasn't necessarily as restful as it was intended to be um, because there was actually some drama amongst my friend group that I was supposed to travel with and I ended up traveling on my own because I got shafted which is kind of funny wow so yeah thankfully I have a friend out that way in Alberta that let me stay with her last minute for free um she was uh, this is the same friend that had to put a, her cat away put her cat away put her cat down just a couple of days ago <laughs> poor kitty not away but uh, that was such a lovely he was such a lovely little cat oh i made friends with him when i stayed because i've stayed with her a few times and i'm super grateful for that um but it was kind of in the midst of us learning how to navigate amongst the mandates and expectations because of the world stage and so there was a few moments where I was probably being a bratty person because I wasn't I wasn't dealing with my own energy when I was traveling. So I really kind of just, even though I, I almost kind of felt like I was trying to run away from my problems maybe in, in that year. And then it ended up becoming a giant kerfuffle when I came back home too. Um, and that's the last time that I was able to really spend time alone and process but with that processing more stuff was layered on in the events that were happening at that time so i just need to manifest like a a cabin in the woods for a couple of nights so i can like ball my eyes out if i want to or dance in the middle of the living room if i want to and not be interrupted and not have to worry about taking care of anybody else but myself for a few days because that has that's like another key piece I can't really emotionally release when I keep getting stuff handed my way that I need to deal with. And I also don't want to send it all back, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I have to get better at learning how to transmute. Um, but I think it's also important to offer myself some grace. Because if I'm expecting people, like I would like other people to offer me grace. And if I'm not getting it, then where am I also not offering myself that grace? That's fair. So yeah. journal burn shit, rent a cabin. Those are my, those are my three things. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that is a, that is a huge possibility that you yep. can rent a cabin. That would be fun for maybe fun. New Year's. Could you imagine? It's, yeah, I don't know that I'd pick New Year's because it tends to be more expensive. This is true. And already pre-booked, but I have spent time in the past in January during the week, like I'll have no problem taking off during the weekdays when it's quieter because then there's less people around the cabin rentals that I choose as well. And Mm -hmm. it's truly peaceful. So we'll have to work on some money magic for that for January. Come on universe, bring it in. Carol needs a break. (laughs) Not well, we should specify, we don't need another break. Like your mother had a break. We need a break. I don't need a break in broken bone. I need a break from this nonsense. Like, yes. <laughs> maybe I'm just going to like DNU all of that. Let's just kind of zero point all of that. And Carol needs a cabin. <laughs> yeah, Carol just needs a cabin to get away for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't going to cost me a freaking fortune. Because it's high season. Because it's holiday season. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of a good place to kind of end it there. I mean, I don't know how long we've been going now, but... uh, About an hour. Yeah, we... I think, like, obviously, you've got quite a bit of um, 
you know, stuff going on in terms of the tower moment. And like, you, I don't want to say it's a tower year because I feel like if we do that and it started in July, you're going to go into like June. Yeah. So like, it's at least been the last like six months. I would say it feels more like a tower season and I do see an end to it. Yes. Like very soon. Um, the fact that my mom slipped was kind of like, okay, can we, can we stop this now? Like, <laughs> can, can we done? Yeah. Like let's let's have a joyful holiday season, please. Um, I definitely need to make some shifts. I know this, and that's fine. Um, but it's also important to recognize that even as a healer, we also need healing. I think that's something that we often neglect, and I mean, I know I am guilty of this so hard. I will work on everyone else, but I will not seek out my own healing. I always do it myself. Yeah. Um. And sometimes when you, when you're in that shit, you don't see it. Like, it's like trying to see the forest through the trees, right? You are so entrenched in it that you need that extra set of eyes. Um, And it's nice. Like I'm starting to realize that if I actually take time for myself to get a healing session, it is like the most amazing form of self-care and appreciation I can do for myself. So take a moment, bud. I hear you. I actually honestly feel like it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I'll explain in a moment, but I feel like these the healing sessions that we offer and have access to with our modalities that we've combined, they're actually more beneficial to me than a full body massage. Because mm-hmm. I really feel like the tension that I'm holding in the body that would require a massage is actually lifted out so that I don't necessarily need the massage, but doing yoga stretches would be enough then for my body to feel like that reset. But I had um, a friend reach out, someone that's kind of been in my periphery, we've like, you know, kind of like how you and I started, you know, we just kind of in each other's news feeds until we started hanging out at events and whatnot. But she's somebody that I met through like Caitlin's crew. Um, and she messaged me, she's like, was asking about my, um, my cleanse that I started and was asking some information about it and because she's also taken the products and she's like I actually took a break from it and I totally know now that why my body's missing it and I'm happy to get back on the train of that but uh, then she's like I'm feeling called to like mention that I'm a boss at emotional release so maybe you and I have some keys for each other so her and I are actually going to chat next week the day after the podcast this episode gets uh, released so I essentially have five days to really take a look at all of the things which is fine what the heck why not mm-hmm. and I'm excited to to learn some things and get some codes from her and and see if she can help me with that so oh, it's I'm interesting so how that happens well yeah no kidding and I mean too like if like on Monday I've got a really powerful session that is for myself that I am so looking forward to um yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, it's funny how that kind of just lines up and syncs up. Like I'll, I'll finish this really quickly. Um, but it seems to be like, I, I don't tend to pay attention to like the planets or the stars and how they align or where the moon is in the sky and blah, 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 all that stuff. But what I find funny is that when I'm tapping into the energy of like, Oh, what's coming up for me, what's happening, what's shifting, what's going on. Um, and then I like read something that's astrology based or even sometimes numerology or whatever. And I go, Oh, so I'm feeling that energy already. And I didn't need to have, you know, the, the, the training of astrology or like some of that stuff. 
mm-hmm. I don't need to be tapped in and channeling from my galactic aspects. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's kind of neat because it's like, maybe it's co-creation with the universe. Maybe it's divine timing. I don't know. But when I booked this session, it was literally the only one left for, well, there was a few other sessions at the end of August, but I didn't see the email. What happened was I signed up for this, this coaching um, and I didn't see the email that came through because it went to my promotions tab in Gmail. Oh, instead of like my that's annoying. My <laughs> and so I was like, oh, that's really funny. So it was the next morning that I had seen it. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll go and book, whatever. And then all of early November was booked. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to don't want to wait until the 22nd. Um, and then I actually had this moment of like, I really beat myself up about that. Like it was nothing I could have controlled, mm-hmm. but like, I beat myself up about the fact that I didn't check my promotions tab. Oh my God, this is so stupid. Why would I have done? Like, I almost took myself out and I knew I, I wasn't about to like ask for a refund or like drop out of this uh, coaching because I knew it was necessary, but a part of me was like, wow, I just like, what am I going to do now? Like, that's going to be like November. And you're like, I'm supposed to be getting two sessions a month. And I'm like, well, then I guess I'm just going to go into January. Like what's going to happen? Like I had a lot of negative self-talk. And now when I look back, cause I did a lot of clearing work on it. When I look back now, I'm like, oh no, I was just, you know, I just allowed for the energy to flow the way that it needed to. And it's actually coming really nicely after um, like what I have planned for this evening with like the, the funeral for self. Mm-hmm. I've actually started a list of things that I want to work on or want to, what I want to tackle with this coach. Um, and I just, I feel like it's going to be so like magical, like and amazing. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be cool. I'll, I'll, obviously we'll talk about it, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm excited. It is, it does feel like a transition period. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, I am aware somewhat of what's happening astrologically because I have all the apps on my phone for all the astrology stuff. And I do follow, I think five or six different astrology accounts. There's really great ones out there. Mm-hmm. And even just our witchy friends will chat about it in their stories. And so I have the awareness, um, but I tend to be a week ahead of the curve. And so energetically, I got the hit last week. Mm -hmm. But that I think was what needed to ruffle my feathers to realize like, okay, there's some repeating patterns here. Let's, let's like deal with them because it was literally a week ago to the full moon eclipse that my mom slipped and fell and there was some stuff going on right there right so that was really another mini tower moment if you will um but I don't always consider tower to be a bad thing because things need to be destroyed and uncreated so that you can rebuild something better and thankfully my mom will be okay like she'll heal she's stubborn like I am and that's what I freaking love her for um but that all of the stuff in the aftermath of that hit me a week ago and now we're coming up to it and I'm like okay I can actually get excited for this eclipse because if this is like the quote-unquote final straw for the year that lots of people are talking about I'm going to use that to my advantage and it's almost better that I get the energetic hit the week prior because then I can process it clear it out and then again amplify what I think is actually meant to be for this eclipse and it doesn't have to be a tower moment for everybody else it doesn't have to be an ending or a death or a physical or any of that like it literally can be harnessed to your advantage mm-hmm. and so I think I'm going to crack my journal 
this evening and I might have a little bonfire in my backyard as well because I do have some firewood left and I don't know about the candle magic part but something with flames burning shit is fine (laughs) and it's interesting too because I know you mentioned like you're ahead of the curve I usually tend to be the one behind the curve so it's like I hold space for everyone going through their like little pity parties and their tower moments and all that shit and then I'm like all right, you've had your turn. Now it's my time, you know, and and it's kind of, I guess you could say a little bit of synchronicity with, um, you know, this, this full moon eclipse tonight. And then come Monday, I'm going to be having, um, this session, which I think is just going to like shift a whole lot of stuff. So I think so too. I can actually already feel that energetically, which is kind of cool because you and I also have that little, like, connection in the bubble where like you know you you something really cool happens to you and then it's my turn and then it's your turn and then it's my turn or something shitty happens to me and then it's your turn and then it's my turn and then it's your turn and we often are in similar energy mm-hmm. um but that beautiful bounce back and forth like I don't know where I would be without the connections I've made in the last two years um I would probably have become very muggle very very muggle and very angry at the world I feel and yeah probably a hundred times more than what I have been like it would be more outward I, I feel like it could have become a downward spiral mm-hmm. rather than having that loving reality check of like hey let's pull you back up here up this ladder rung come with us let's look at this let's help you with that that kind of thing so yeah I'm grateful for the dance me too I think it's been, it's been, I mean, obviously like our, our little journey together has been quite in like interesting, you know, with, with all the, let's starting with the whole COVID loveliness. All all the conspiracies and all the truths and everything in between. Yeah. We've read it all. We've seen it all. We've tried it all. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I mean, we, this could be a whole other episode, but just amazing, like us reminiscing about how far we've come from that like the march of 2020 that can be a fun fun discussion (laughs) yeah which was essentially the evolution of our friendship yeah pretty much yeah yeah that'll be that'll be an interesting thing to explain (laughs) (laughs) hopefully by then i'll be feeling a lot lighter and more jokey and we can actually have a good laugh about it because not quite ready for that yet but hopefully you know in the next couple weeks it'll it'll shift Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm calling in a shift of energies for all of us because I know that I'm not the only one struggling and uh, something else that my mom mentioned was like going through your Christmas cards addresses and realizing how many of your friends have passed away in the last couple of years that you're not going to be oh, sending no. Christmas cards to that was something else that came up um, and I'm just like yeah this year has been heavy heavier than 2020 heavier for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons it's been saying a lot of goodbyes like I said, with the animal world and the human world. And it's just, I thought I was prepared for it, but I think I was caught by surprise. So that's yeah. part of it too. Well, and this is the the time that we tear everything down, right? So. Yep. Well, it's fitting for the end of the year as well, which is typically yeah. what I would do anyway. Um, we are heading into the darkest part of the year up until solstice. Um, and so I can see it being a little more chaotic maybe throughout the weekend but then I do think that things are going to shift because yeah the pressure cooker is is whistling away yeah 
Anyways, I think we'll probably end it there before we start going down another tangent. For another hour. <laughs> Heck yeah. Save yeah. it for the next podcast. I Bye, know, y'all. right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. This uh, well, I was going to say this evening, but whenever time you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, uh, we will. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> If you have any comments or questions or things that you'd like us to discuss, you can uh, send us um, some, like a message on our podcast, Instagram. So that's enter the vortex podcast. Um, You can also find us on our separate social media channels. So I am at heal with Aaron Mindy and Carol, you are at elevate with Carol sky. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Y'all don't take it on like I did. <laughs> Please reach out if you if you need someone to listen to um, within the context of a coaching or a healing session. Mm-hmm. Despite the amount of stuff that I've taken on, I'm still more than willing to help and serve and, and work with others to help them clear through this stuff as well. So please, mm-hmm. please reach out to somebody that you love or someone that you know that can support you in this, whether that's myself or Aaron or another healer that you need. That's what we're here for. Yeah don't do it alone guys it's yeah. like trust me i've been there i've done that i know you have too <laughs> yeah it's not it's not as fun it's, nice it's more fun friends. with friends even if yes. it's shitty it's still more fun with friends mm-hmm. so i'm grateful for those <laughs> i agree i don't think you and i would be the same people if we did not have the friendships that we currently have so i agree take care everyone bye, bye.